Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. How you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show. Sounds like a typical bastard. What's going on in Nick Wilson's mind? My mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought. You're about to find out. Look who knows so much. Nick Wilson is on now. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. It is the final hump edition of the Nick Wilson Show. Hashtag shut it down. The Nick Wilson farewell tour. Uh, rolls on today. Be all y'all be humping out there. All right. In honor of Hump Day, in honor of Big Daddy's final Hump Day on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Get to humping. That's what I'm saying here on a Wednesday. We got Jessica Charman coming up in about uh, 40 minutes. Here we'll talk the big Charlotte FC Chelsea matchup. We've got Joe Pershing of the Athletic at 11:20. We've got Bill Ryder. We we're going to have him on yesterday. The Baker press conference kind of took over the rest of the show. He'll be joining us at 12:20. We've got our five questions at 12:40. At 1:20, we have tops and bottoms returns to the airwaves on Hump Day. My little tribute to the beautiful and fair Queen City and the Carolinas. But I just had to say bye to Mac. I just had to say goodbye to Chris McClain. I didn't know. I was not prepared today. Because I've already, you know, uh, every once in a while, a salesperson will pop in. The the boss man, the new boss, had to hop in uh, last Friday because he's going to be out this week. He had to say goodbye to me. and But I was un, I was prepared for all those other ones. It was the first, Mac, I had to give my first goodbye to people I work with every single day. Which makes this next segment a little bit potentially more awkward. Because... I'd like to get into Scott Fitterer and the Panthers' uh, comments on the open competition at the quarterback position. I'd love to. Nothing more uh, would I love to do than to start this show by talking about uh, why the Panthers are framing this as an open competition. However, I can't. Because I have to to rip those boys in the morning. I listened a lot this morning. I, I tend to listen a lot. I'm one of those uh, odd duck uh, work workaholics who listens to everybody and everything, and so I I had just I had uh, I had missed the 7:40 segment. Tuning back in at eight, stuck in traffic. Our beautiful fair towns traffic, and I hear these jamokes in the morning. I hear Chris McLean, I hear T Bone Hancock, and I hear Flounder trying to change Itty Bitty Fitty's name. Uh, what, well, what's his nickname going to be? Which, I'm sorry, uh, new owners took over Pilot Flying J. They're not like it's Jeff's uh, you know, convenience store now. I have built a brand here, not just with Big Daddy that I'm carrying back to Cleveland with me, but I have built a brand for Itty Bitty Fitty. He is, he might be the fourth, uh, Charlotte's fourth best, or sorry, Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ's fourth most eligible bachelor but he's this station's number one pervert 
He is he is outside of me the biggest purveyor of hot takes on this station. A man with the stones to say some of the dumbest things we've ever heard about sports. I have built a bedrock of a brand of a career for him. And then I got these jabronis in the morning saying, well, what are we going to call him? We're going to call him Itty Bitty Fitty. That's what his name be. All right? I wouldn't, like, you don't get a new job. Everybody's like, so what are we going to name you? Well, my parents named me Nick Wilson, but now you can call me Ted Lasso. Get the hell out of here. Who in the hell? I get it. You've been around for 20 years. You've been at this station for a long time. I love you. I respect you. But get your mitts off my part-timer. Get your mitts off my itty-bitty fitty. Itty-bitty fitty. We got to bring this to the air. Are you planning on staging a name coup after I leave? That wasn't the plan. The plan was to determine this week if with your departure, does the moniker Itty Bitty Fitty stay or go? Yes, the the Itty Bitty Fitty moniker stays because it's a brand. You can launch a sports radio career off my gift to you, which is Itty Bitty Fitty. I even let you choose early, right? Because it could have been Otis because you look like a skinny version of the WWE superstar. You said, I hate wrestling. And I said, you know what? You kind of also look like Scott Fitter. Let's go with this. So, in a way, we've both chosen the nickname for you. It is stuck over the last 10 months. And I'll be damned if any morning show, Ken, uh, Ken Carmen and Anthony Lyman Cleveland, uh, these jamokes in the morning as successful as they are, I'll be damned if anybody on this station is going to take that. Because once I have left here, it is written in stone. It is a papal doctrine that you are itty, a Nick Wilson, Church of Nick Wilson, papal doctrine that you are itty bitty fitty here and ever after. Can I confess something that I haven't confessed in the last nine months? Sure. I really like the nickname itty bitty fitty. There we go. There we go. So they weren't even thinking. So I initially, I'm, let's cards on the table. We're, we're the cards on the table show. All right. We're the one that, 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 uh, on a hump day, have the stones to get into it, to start the show. I accused you earlier of, because uh, I feel like you've wanted to have the conversation, should the itty-bitty fitty nickname stay or go, I felt like you wanted to have that conversation because you wanted to change your nickname. So when I heard it, with your your best friend, so-called, uh, Flounder Pagnata, running the train of, we got to change this nickname here. By Goma to you, Flounder. May you stay a virgin the rest of your days. That's how much you've irked me today, sir. I'm, that, I'm not even going to go in on Mac and Bone, mostly because I kind of would feel guilty because me and Mac just said goodbye and said nice things to each other. And I'd feel two-faced. However. It was really sweet, by the way. That was an emotional goodbye. Can I just tell you, I need to formally apologize. I thought that was you getting the morning show to try and start the process of changing your name, and I apologize for thinking the worst of you when you have only earned me thinking the best of you. No, it's really come around. Like the eight Wilson Warriors who are claiming for me to just take over your time slot from 10 to 2. Oh, eight. Is it eight? Where well, did you find the other seven? It, it was three. I just rounded it up to it to make myself <laughs> feel better. Like it's really caught on. And then yesterday while I was watching Scott Fitterer's press conference mm -hmm. or Zoom conference, it's like, you know, he's a handsome lad. And he knows a lot about football. So if I could ever just develop into Scott Fitterer, become handsome, mm -hmm. and know a lot more about football. And, and make, be a little bit taller. Because he's, he's, Oh, yeah. Know, he does have some height. He's, he, well, he's, he's not tall like Big Dad. He's tall because I'm like six foot four. But like 5'11 is But like you're a hill person. He's Andre the Giant to you. Like, so if I could ever just grow into the actual Scott Fitterer. I mean, things would be looking up pretty bitty. What right? if you just grew into like 75% of the actual Scott Fitterer? I mean, I would take that. 
Should the itty bitty fitty nickname stay or go with Big Daddy? Because I'm telling you right now, the morning, the wrong guy to bring it up. If we talked about it first and then they talked about it, I'd get it. Them trying to get the wheels, grease the wheels, put it in motion to change itty bitty fitty's nickname. This, this disrespect, I will not take on my final hump day version. There's version? Episode? <laughs> Whatever I'm looking for. I'm so mad I can't talk anymore. Of the Nick Wilson Show. Plenty to get to on today's show, though. Uh, we did have. We didn't play Scott Fitterer's audio yesterday, but we did play the Baker Mayfield press conference live on the station. And we're going to get to some of that Baker stuff, but I wanted to get to something that Scott Fitterer said yesterday that people have massively, massively overreacted to. No, this is open competition. You know, the reason why we added Baker was uh, to make the group better as a whole. Our whole philosophy is to add competition, not just in the quarterback room, but every position. So if we see an opportunity where we can get better, where we can add a player, that it makes sense for us as a team, makes sense for us financially, makes sense for us for, uh, just from a, an addition standpoint, we're going to do that. And, uh, you know, with Baker being out there, uh, having the conversations, it made sense for us. I think the competition is going to make Sam better. Sam uh, really had a nice spring for us, stepped up. Uh, showed a lot of edge, uh, threw the ball really well, and I think competition would be good for him, be good for PJ. It's good for Matt Corral, you know, the young guy that's going to be in the room learning. And uh, it's, it's good for Baker. You know, this is, this is a fresh start for him. So I think overall this is it's a very healthy situation for us all to be in. And I think the reality is there was no way that there was no win for the Carolina Panthers if they just decreed Baker Mayfield – the starting quarterback. One, they understand that Baker's starting behind the eight ball with about, uh, well, they traded for him inside a month of training camp. So trying to, if this happens in Mar or in May, he would have had time to already ingratiate himself to his teammates and to build the process of becoming the starting quarterback. Baker's had no time to do that. It is to gift Baker Mayfield, a guy just traded for, no matter what he's done, no matter the fact that you and I both know he is so much better than Sam Darnold and probably is that much better than Matt Corral, too. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't help in the locker room. It doesn't help Matt rule. And the reality is it's not going to be a quarterback competition because Sam Darnold sucks. Matt Corral is a late third-round rookie. And Baker Mayfield is a proven starting quarterback in the NFL. So it's going to be a competition in the way me fighting Itty Bitty Fitty would be a fair fight. Like, yes, technically he is a human with a pulse and two fists. But I outweigh him by 120 pounds. I am half a foot taller than him. And I'm also much more of an a-hole than he is. It would not be a fair fight. But if I called it a fair fight, if there were reasons to, and that's what this is about. It is about the locker room, and I buy into it. I think T-Bone was the first guy that I heard say this. It's also about Sam Darnold's trade value. Now, today, you and I can both agree Sam Darnold has no trade value. But the idea of an open competition at least leaves open the idea. If Sam looks good in camp, and the Panthers, just wait. There are going to be reports saying that Sam Darnold looks really good in camp. Because the hope is that the Panthers can save face on the Sam Darnold deal. And how do you save face? Well, if somebody significant gets hurt in August or early in camp, maybe somebody will come along and offer something. And when I say significant, I'm talking about a day three pick. 
and maybe you can save some money. That's what I think the point of the quarterback competition is. It's about there's no reason to do it in a locker room. A a good quarterback competition where Baker Mayfield comes out on top, the best quarterback wins, and the locker room sees it, and the locker room uh, rallies around Baker Mayfield, that's good for Matt Rule going into year three. And even though you and I both know that there's about a 1% chance anybody gets desperate enough to pay money or to trade for Sam Darnold, It is the NFL. Stupid things happen with a deadline like the opening of the season. I think the bigger question is, are the Panthers really going to carry three quarterbacks this year? Because I don't think... So there will be a competition in in a name sense. But I think in in reality, in the truest sense, it's going to come down to... Sam Darnold's place in this roster will come down to if anybody will trade for him and offer value and whether or not the Panthers want to carry three quarterbacks. So after hearing it from Scott Fitter, after hearing from seemingly Baker Mayfield, who it sounds like understands this as a competition, have you bought into the idea of a Panthers quarterback competition? And why do you think the Panthers have continued to send out the idea of a quarterback competition involving Baker, Sam, and Matt Corral? Jessica Charman coming up at uh, 1040. We have Joe Person at 11.20, Bill Ryder at 12.20, five questions at 12.40, and then tops and bottoms, my favorite things about Charlotte, coming up at 1.20. But as we continue on in the show, should anybody fit his nickname stay? More on Baker's introduction to Charlotte next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. If you guys could just see the look on Itty Bitty Fitty's face just now. Uh, uh, Mrs. Wilson was listening to the first segment of the show when I talked about uh, on Operation Hashtag Shut It Down. This is the final hump day edition of the Nick Wilson Show on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Um, So she was listening and she sent me two quick messages you know, I can send. I don't even know if they're voice messages. I don't even know how how to respond to it. But instead of typing a DM, she just voiced it and sent it to me. And uh, I had encouraged everyone because it is Hump Day to get to humping. All right, because I'm I'm like that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I want you guys. I want the positive energy in the ether for all of you, except for Flounder. May he remain humpless for the rest of his days for trying to change itty bitty fitty's nickname. Uh, at 8, 8 a.m. this morning. And you know what? Mac 2, Bone 2. Wow, that is a sexless show. I, I don't know why. I, you know, I know each person individually does not get a lot of boom-boom time. But wow. Anyways, my wife, uh, half-jokingly, sent, uh, you better you better get to humping. But, uh, you know, get to humping with me. And itty-bitty-fitty, the look in his eyes was beautiful like the stunned look when he heard the carnal passion of mrs wilson for big daddy you looked a little or were you a little shaken you looked a little nervous like oh my god this is the real deal i just wanted to make sure that was that was your wife <laughs> so i just randomly get those texts from people well i mean like maybe it was supposed <laughs> to be sent to you to me that got sent to you like you know i was going thinking of all the possibilities that could have could have happened over there i want to keep you on the straight and narrow so uh it's funny you say that i was driving in this morning and again your boy has lost 100 pounds feeling really good and um 
I was driving in, in our uh, illustrious city's traffic, and I, I felt like somebody was watching me, and I just happened to look to my left, and there was a woman in a car staring at me, and here's how I knew that she had been staring for a minute while we were driving, you know, bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, because she did the look away. You know how when you're looking at somebody and you're kind of checking them out, and you don't want them to know, so like you're trying to play it cool, but you jerk your head away? That's exactly what happened this morning. So I'm going to tell you, she's out there. If you, I, I, She might be listening right now, but, you know, Big Daddy was looking good today. She was peeping on me. And uh, then... Here's another way that I could tell that she was, in fact, checking me out. Uh-oh. Is she sped up, changed lanes, and tried to get as fat, far ahead of my truck as she possibly could so she wouldn't have to make awkward eye contact to me. You got more action sitting in traffic than I've gotten in three and a half months. And just, like, uh, just, just talking on the, the radio. Just got revving my wife's engine over here and, you know, that's how it's done. What, see, I am the sports talk Sherpa for you. I am the guy that can lead you to a promising career in sports talk radio. And I think I can I can show you how to get the women interested in you. So you don't have to comment on this because you're a married man. <laughs> but so so my move whenever I'm checking someone out in traffic, and no one's gonna be able to see this because we're on the radio. But like if I get caught, like I just do the little I just like start nodding my head as I'm like turning away. Raise the raise the eyebrows a little bit. You look like a stroke victim. <laughs> That's trying to murder somebody. <laughs> I think I see why you're sexless for the last three months. <laughs> I'm a little worried about you. Are you okay? No, you, I haven't you, had sex in three months. We're going to have to send out this this, <laughs> this this look that you're on your face. You look like uh, the, the, the uncle from Breaking Bad. Like just about like ringing the bell, trying to blow everybody up. Uh -huh. Like that's what you look like just now. Just this side of that. That's oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to judge. That's my bad. Jessica Charman joins us in about uh, 15 minutes here. Ah, but it's been a good day on the show. It's been a good hump day so far. And a lot of this is, I, it's interesting to see how the idea of Baker Mayfield and Charlotte has changed since they actually traded for him. Chris McClain broke his own ankles trying to reverse his stance on Baker Mayfield. Uh, th three weeks ago, Baker was not a substantial upgrade over Sam Darnold. Now, Baker is a is a huge upgrade. And you know what it is? It's less about Baker, and it's more that he just he just super kicked Sam Darnold into the ether. Like he went from being like Sam Sam could be somebody Sam, and the second Baker was here, he's like Sam's the worst quarterback I've ever seen. I love you, Mac. I did promise that I was going to ether the morning show today, and so I've taken my shots. I will now rescind from taking my shots. But I wanted to kind of put this into theory because I, well, I was actually listening to the morning boys today, and I, they had a great, I think it was 7 or 7.20, they had a great conversation on Baker Mayfield on the importance of Baker Mayfield playing 17 games and playing a full season. And basically the idea that, like, when was the last time this team had a quarterback that played a full season? When we talked when, on the day that Baker Mayfield was acquired, I think one of the most important things that can happen to this team is that Baker plays 17 games. Because the key for me with Baker, I'm not asking him to win a Super Bowl. I'm not asking him to go to repeat playoff appearances. Those are all things we can ask him once we get away from where the Panthers are. 
the Panthers are in the bottom rung of the NFL. Optically, literally nobody has the Panthers as one of anything more than one of the five or ten worst teams of the NFL. In reality, Matt Rules won 10 games in two years, and crappy quarterback play or quarterbacks getting hurt have been a huge part of it. So Baker's mission here, and I, he can do this because I've already seen him do it. Baker's mission here is to stabilize the Carolina Panthers. His intermediate, the, the mission this year, is to stabilize the quarterback position with the Carolina Panthers. They have been in the quarterback abyss. They have done things that you only do if you act out of desperation at the quarterback position, giving Teddy Bridgewater $33 million guaranteed. Um, the Sam Darnold trade was very much in reaction to Matt Stafford said no, and Deshaun Watson wasn't on the move because of the legal charges. So looking at this for what it is, Baker needs to stabilize the Carolina Panthers, and the only way you do that is if you're on the field. So I wanted to throw this out to you. We'll get back to this throughout today's show because I don't think it's just a one-segment one question. If I could lock in, if today you and I, we were uh, the sports gods and we could lock in Baker Mayfield for 17 games, what do you think the ceiling and the floor is for the Carolina Panthers? Because I think the ceiling, if, if you can guarantee him today, Baker doesn't start 17 games if he's mid. Baker doesn't start 17 games if he's bad. Baker only gets to 17 starts is if he's healthy and if he is the better version of himself. So I think the ceiling is what he did in Cleveland to this point, which is a playoff win and a pretty important playoff win for the Cleveland Browns organization. And I think the floor was 17, and again, I'm locking in the floor on the, on the ceiling of Baker Mayfield for 17 games. If he can go out there and just stabilize the quarterback position, I think the floor is 500. And I, I, everybody that I've heard, I, I think I heard uh, the daddy, Will Kunkel, talk about this earlier this week on this station uh, with the clubhouse, him saying uh, he thinks they're only an 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and eight team with Baker. I think what we... I think we're looking at 10 wins in two seasons. And I think we're we're thinking that that wins are the only way to judge development. This roster is immense is significantly better than it was last year and it's immensely better than it was 2 years ago. And not all 5 win seasons are created equal. 2 years ago, you only won 5 games. Because your quarterback wasn't winning you games. He was simply not losing you games. And Teddy Bridgewater, you didn't have enough up front or depth around Teddy Bridgewater. And your defense was god-awful. Last year, I know they couldn't stop the run. And I know that the, uh, the, the, the offensive line was not great. And Christian McCaffrey was hurt. The number one reason why you only won five games last year is because Sam Darnold, Cam Newton... And who is the other schmo? Oh, P.J. Walker stunk butt for 17 games. I don't think this team's going to take, like, eight wins, that's a jump forward. That is one step forward. I think the roster, on the field, the team has not taken any steps forward from the win column. But I think in terms of talent, and let's not sleep on the talent around Matt Rule. I don't know if Ben McAdoo can be a great offensive coordinator. I just know he's not a complete schmo, inexperienced nothing like Joe Brady was. 
You've got an offensive line coach who actually might view offensive linemen with a sane eye. You look at the, the defensive line changes, all, all the different coaching changes. I don't think that we should set the bar low for this Carolina Panthers because the way the last two years has went. If we're disappointed, we're disappointed. They've got the best quarterback they've had since the first 18 games of 2018. They have the best offensive line they've had probably since 2018, maybe even going back farther. I'm talking about just raw talent. We'll figure out it. On paper, it's the best offensive line I think we've walked into going into a season for a significant amount of time. That defense still, I mean, everybody's acting as if Hassan Reddick and Stephon Gilmore took all the talent with them. I don't think this team, I, I think the floor is this team taking only one step forward. So I agree with Mac and Bone. I agree that the idea of Baker starting 17 games and being good enough, that's another fair way to put this. Because I, I think everybody's done a good job of talking about you know, the up and down of Baker Mayfield. And it's completely fair. What I would say is the context was awful. He was either average or really good in an awful context. That's different than Sam Darnold, who with the Jets was really awful in a really awful context. Baker elevated the the Browns organization. Sam Darnold was mired in crap with the Jets organization. That, to me, is what's really important. And there's a few other things I want to get to, specifically on Baker and this team. But I'm going to continue to, to, to throw this idea out there and hear what you guys have to say. If, I, if you and I could today lock in Baker for 17 games, what is the ceiling and what is the floor? Because like uh, Tram's saying, these teams, uh, this team wins uh, seven to nine games tops. I think something we've said about the Carolina Panthers, and it's been true every year. The Panthers, because of Matt Rule, because of the way they've handled the quarterback position, because of their youth, young teams with a less than settled quarterback position have the highest fluctuation, the highest ceiling, or sorry, the, the biggest difference between their true ceiling and their true floor. I think the same is true again for the Carolina Panthers. Now it's a lot more about Matt Rule. Now it's a lot more about if Baker has the time to, to, to solidify and to stabilize the quarterback position. But last again, if I could lock in Baker for 17 games this year, what would that make the Panthers' absolute ceiling and their absolute floor? Jessica Charman, Charlotte FC. She's going to help me take down Mac Attack next. We'll also get into the big Charlotte FC-Chelsea matchup on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. <laughs> Sergio getting around his man, playing it to the right side for Reyna outside the area. Approaching the corner of the box. Reyna with a cross, back post. Headed by Swiderski. He scores! Carol Swiderski! The streak is over! And he goes up to the crowd and sits up the throne! Carol Swiderski! The goaler streak is over! And it's beautiful scenes. Beautiful scenes as Carol Swiderski heads up into the royal family and he gets the ovation that he deserves. He's a team player. He's a big presence in this squad and it's so obvious based on these celebrations how much it means to every single player. 
Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. And over-the-top Willie P. And uh, a reserved, or right on the money, Jessica Charman, courtesy of Charlotte FC Radio Network. And, of course, that was Carol Swiderski's slump-busting goal. And to go ahead and talk about uh, Charlotte FC and the Chelsea match we're going to have tonight and more. We welcome on uh, Charlotte FC uh, radio play-by-play analyst, Jessica Charman. Jessica, welcome back to the show. Hey, Nick, how are you doing? Sad to hear that you're not going to be with us no more. Who am I going to have Team Britain going forward? I don't know. We're gonna. I've I have instructed that that needs to be a part of the interview process. Uh, that that respect to Fat Andy and Jessica Charman and all the Brits needs to be atop the list of characteristics that they search for in my replacement. Oh, it has to happen. It has to happen. And just so everyone knows, I am paying attention to American football. I'm paying attention to basketball. And one day, Nick, you're going to be my inspiration when I'm a full-time sports host. So what I'm understanding here is this is that was a, that was a shot across the bow to our boss of, you know, it'd be great. Jessica Charman, the Jessica Charman show. I mean, I think there'll be plenty of names, you know, Charming Hours with Jessica Charman. Who knows? Charming Hours? That that sounds like a brothel name, not necessarily a show name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't have the quick wittedness to come up with something, and that was pretty poor. I'm disappointed <laughs> in myself. Uh, I would like to, because uh, this, this week is all about me on the show. Um, so... We have found out that Jim Selania, and you helped make this happen by retweeting the poll and telling everybody to, you know, who to vote for, that Jim Selania is uh, Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ's most eligible bachelor. So I have to ask on my on our final voyage together, uh, even though we've, uh, you know, we've only recently got to know each other. What superlative do I deserve uh, amongst FNZ hosts? The best handshake award. That's true. That's true. You and I did the awkward white people handshake where I now I here's how I remember. it. Tell me if I'm wrong. I went for the handshake and you went for the fist bump. And then we both did the opposite of it as you know, to completely fulfill the awkward white people handshake. It, it was a shocker. It was a shocker. But I was nervous coming in. And I was first time walking into the FNZ studios, a little anxious. And I thought maybe the fist bump was the cool kids kind of thing. And you went with the formal handshake. And I panicked. I reversed. And ah, tough times. And I hope that wasn't what threw you over the edge. Oh, no, no, no. I, I definitely uh, I had to talk to my psychiatrist about it. I was very enraged about it for days after. Jessica Charman, uh, Charlotte FC. uh Football analyst on the the guest line here to the, today and tonight. Um, it's not tonight, Nick. It's next week, but okay. Well, that's what I meant. I meant tonight in one week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I panicked, Nick. I'm not gonna lie. I panicked like just now and googled it. I was thinking, am I meant to be on my way to Charlotte right now? There was a little moment where I freaked out. So uh, here's the thing: I googled it this morning and then wrote down tonight. This is so. In fair, do I get a pass on this? Because I, 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 in the last two weeks, I've had to decide whether I'm leaving Charlotte. I've had to tell everybody I'm leaving Charlotte. I've had to find a place to live, and I've had to start packing. Do I get a little bit of a pass for what was completely oh. an inexcusable flub? You get all of the passes, and it is my bad, too. I was thinking when you texted me, I was like, we're talking a week in advance, but you know what? 
that's the best way to do it because tickets are still on sale. People can still get in the building. They've got a week to get their plan straight so that they can come and watch. So we're actually doing a public service announcement to the people of the Carolinas. You are welcome, Charlotte, that I am so unprofessional. I couldn't get the dates right on the Charlotte FC matchup versus uh, Chelsea. I do. I, th I think it's interesting because... You know, I'm I'm not a native soccer fan. I, we've done the soccer for Slappies thing forever. I'm still learning about this game. So for the soccer layman, why is the Chelsea-Charlotte FC match a, a huge moment for this organization and this club? I think it's a huge moment because it's a world power when it comes to soccer. A lot of people that maybe haven't necessarily followed MLS may have followed Chelsea Football Club just because in England, they're one of the best teams. They're a historical team. They're one of the record-setting teams. And I think it's such a huge compliment that they're coming to Charlotte Football Club as a way of preparing for their Premier League season. But there's a lot of Chelsea fans out there that probably think it's going to be a walk in the park. And I think it's going to be a really historic moment for this club to come out and show the level of MLS and show the caliber of the players that we have on the pitch. And most importantly, to showcase how soccer is taking over Charlotte because there's nothing quite like a Bank of America stadium when football's in the house. And I mean the English football. So continuing in that, that line of thinking, they will have had the, the last game where they just blew out Nashville. They've got Miami coming up uh, this weekend. And then obviously uh, the friendly next week is against Charlotte, uh, Chelsea. So how do you think in terms of, you know, just Charlotte FC side of things, how is this squad shaping up into, you know, heading into what is going to be a pretty significant matchup and one of the first most significant friendlies we've seen for this young organization? Well, I think we have to take it with a pinch of salt. I think we're going to see a lot of rotation. We're going to see a lot of players feature because at the end of the day, as much as this is a historic event, what's our focus on right now? It's MLS and it's MLS playoffs because we're in contention right now. We finished the night after that Nashville walloping uh, that we gave them in fifth, which is incredible for a startup team, but we still got a long way to go. So I think that we're going to be focused, like you mentioned, on into Miami. And then that Chelsea game is going to come in and act as competitive minutes. And it's going to act as a way to showcase what our players can do. I think Latanzio will probably feature a lot of players that maybe have been on the cusp and use it as an opportunity to see what they can do in the highest stakes environment. And most importantly, it's going to be a party like it always is. So with that in mind, you mentioned the Inter-Miami matchup here. Looking where Charlotte is right now. Uh, the Charlotte FC is in the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference. How much more ground do you think that they can make up? Or how high do you think this team can get in the standings before the regular season closes out and we head into postseason play? Well, I'm worried about the Matt curse. I'm not going to lie to you, Nick. I'm a little concerned about putting my foot in it. So most importantly, we want to make sure we're in that top seven so that our season can continue. You've got to have a ticket to win it. You know, you've got to get into that playoff position. So our focus right now is beating the teams below us. Because if we can beat the teams below us, we're still going to face Cincinnati. We're still going to face Columbus. We're facing into Miami again. We want to keep it within our hands with those results. So this matchup on Saturday is going to be huge because into Miami are below us in the table. We've got to pick up those points, whether it's at home, whether it's away. We know that we got that monkey off our back in terms of the away results. We got that first win against Houston. But now it's to show that that wasn't a one-off. That wasn't a fluke. It's very important that we go to a team like into Miami that we beat at home. 1-0, competent result. But we have to show we can replicate that on the road now and talk about momentum. How much more momentum can you get than, you know, like I said, absolutely walloping a national side 4-1 and 
you know, the goals came and they were fast, they were furious, and Willie P probably made my ears bleed a little bit. <laughs> Still got some ringing in my ears, but I'll take it. If we can get more goals, I will sacrifice my earlobe for the benefit of Charlotte Football Club. Jess, could any of the WFNZ uh, talent uh, support staff, Willie P, we'll throw him in this, could any of us uh, on 10 chances score a goal against you? 10 chances? Uh, I think let's give it to T-Bone because of his practice as a child and the awards he picked up. He might accidentally hit one so perfectly (laughs) that he beats me. Just one. All right. I mean, you know, I, I had offers to be a Division One athlete, but it's okay. I'm not. I'm not offended here on our final call. Uh, it was golf, uh, ma'am. I will have you know, it was American football. Thank you very much. Uh, oh. I guess you're built like an American footballer. You are built like an American footballer. All right. That that feels like we've reached a happy median here. By the way, uh, maybe it's not just the Jessica Charman show. Fat Andy and Jess. Think about it. A father, or sorry, a father daughter sports talk show in the Queen City. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. It's better than the Charmin Hours or whatever you were going with earlier. <laughs> it was a horrific name. I, I, you know, I just, like I said, I didn't think fast enough on the spot. Fat Andy did a fantastic job in his debut. Very impressed. Although people are telling me that he's not fat, he's just regular Andy. Doesn't have the same ring to it. So, yeah, he might. We were debating. Is he just. English fat, which is not American fat. American fat is just, we're, we're a whole nother level of fatties here, Jess. I mean, that's the truth. I made that nickname when I was about eight years old, and that has a different dimension. It hits differently over here in the U.S. So he's leading by example. We can call him Chunky Andy, maybe. Big, uh, uh, broad-chested Andy. I don't know. Well, you know what? Another, we don't have to make this up right now. You've got plenty of time here. Follow her on Twitter, at Jess Talks Footy. Jess, you've been such a great addition to the station. You've been such a great addition to the city here. Thank you so much for everything, and uh, good luck uh, on the Inter-Miami matchup. And then in a week's time, enjoy the Chelsea uh, Soccer Club matchup against Charlotte FC. It's been an absolute pleasure, Nick. Best of luck, and I know you're going to be missed. Ah, uh, thank you so much, Jessica Charman. There on the guest line. Oh, it's only fitting. It's only fitting that one of the ways that I could say goodbye to Charlotte is completely butchering the beginning of an interview about Charlotte FC, a uh, a sport that I have completely and freely admitted I'm still a slappy, even though I'm trying to learn more about. So great stuff with Jessica there. A uh, big name, huge name, could be on the move. Sports Radio ninety two seven FNZ.